Welcome back, draft fans. Today is the first pick three. We're going to take three prospects. This one all along the offensive line, and we're going to take a deep dive into each of them, where we are at the evaluation now. As the season is just ending, I'm sure things will change, but we're going to get into it right now on Locked On NFL Draft. Let's go. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode is sponsored by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and comfort of lifeless ordinary with Stance. Welcome, welcome to you guys to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, I'm joined by my guy, Ryan Tracy, man. We're getting into it. We want to thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day. And we've said it, the draft, you know, is starting to get, you know, the end of the season, the football season. You got some bowl games coming up. You got some all-star games starting to form. And you got our... Scouting reports starting to form. And today, man, we're doing pick three. We're talking about three picks. We're diving into, we got Evan Neal, we got Kenyon Green, and we got uh, Charles Cross. So we're going to talk about all three guys. And we're starting with Evan Neal out of Alabama. So we think of Evan Neal, just kind of some of the thoughts that come out first with, with you. And again, I, I'll kind of go over some of his size and some of the things he's done. Six foot seven, 350 pound guy he's played left tackle he's played right tackle at Alabama he actually started at left tackle as a true freshman so it's a guy who's versatile with either side sounds mm -hmm. like he's been better at the left tackle spot which is probably something he's done more throughout his life so that's real quick on him and then I'll dive into kind of what I've seen from him as well yeah I'm looking forward to that the legacy of playing at Alabama and watching all of your older teammates get drafted year after year after year. That, I think, is, is something that goes underwritten by a lot of people that that's a motivational factor because you can see the path to your future possibilities as clear as day, clearer than anywhere else in the nation, to be honest. And I think that versatility comes into it. I mean, he's a huge guy, very strong. In terms of, of what he does on the field statistically, I like what I see from him. Is he like the elite in this particular trio? Eh, we're going to have to see how that comes out. Not quite as much in terms of deterring the pressures that I'd like to see in the past game. But what do you see on film? You know, the crazy thing is before I went to watch him, everything that I've kind of been hearing and seeing is that Evan Neal is the guy. You know, he's the best tackle in this class. That's what everybody's saying. Tackle one, uh, you know, can't do any better than this guy. So I've been looking at him through that lens. And of course, you know, he plays at Alabama. So you're not questioning it. I'm looking at some of the rankings. They have them high. And then you start to dive into the film and you see why people like him. I think the thing that the scouts, the NFL is going to be intrigued with the most is really just off, off bat, just the size, right? Just seeing this huge athlete, six foot seven, uh, 350 pounds. We'll see what he officially measures in that. You know, I cut on one of the first films I, I, I watched was the Georgia film. And you see just him, you know, his past set, him able to really get out, get to the next guy, his quick feet, his hands. Uh, I thought his quickness was really good. Those things jumped out to me right away. You know, I thought in space he moved well. You know, when you talk about guy having to maybe pull 
or whatever they might have him do to kind of reach block and do those things. I thought he did a really good job with that. Pass set was good. I thought his pass set, pass set was pretty consistent. Uh, his hands really strong. I felt like when he got his hands on guys, like he was going to stonewall you. There were some concerns though. Out of the three wow. guys that I watched today, and and went into the film, and again, I went into this thought process with, oh, this is this is the best guy, and I just so happened to start with him. At first, I just thought he just was losing his balance, <laughs> you know, like every so often he just hit the deck. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Looks a little weird, lost his balance there. Okay, let me keep watching. And then I see it happen again. And then I see it happen again. So I'm like, man, does it kind of have some balance issues? And it almost felt like when he was tasked with moving and staying on someone for an extended period of time, he would like overextend and just eventually either fall on the ground or lose the guy. And I thought one of the things that was not a strength of his was staying on blocks while trying to move. So, you know, we're always used to seeing guys, you know, pass set, that's awesome. He's like a big wall there. He did a terrific job. But when he has to move a man, that was when I felt like he kind of got into some of his most trouble in the film. And it wasn't just one time. I mean, I watched three different games, and I saw him on the ground several times. I saw him, I don't want to say he whiffs, because in space he would kind of get to a guy. But then mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, getting to a guy and overpowering the guy, I thought that's where he kind of would lose his balance and his footing. And it was interesting to see for someone who right away jumped out as having quick feet, good uh, good athleticism, especially for his size. I thought he lacked a little bit in the open field. And it really reminded me some of Trent Brown. You know, Trent Brown was a tackle out of Florida. He ended up being a seventh-round pick. Huge guy, right? And Trent Brown, he was a guy who was better suited in a more power scheme he was a guy that, you know, if you asked him to do a lot of movement in the run game, he'd kind of just miss guys. The change of direction wasn't as great. Uh, guys can get him with speed. But as a pass blocker, he was terrific. And I think maybe uh, Evan Neal is kind of following those type of footsteps where I don't think you're going to have any issues really with him as a pass blocker. But when you start to ask him to do some things where he's moving, you start to see some of these things kind of pop up here and there. And that's something I'm going to continue to keep an eye on as I get more film on them. Yeah, and I haven't seen the film yet. Just from watching live, that was my thing too about hand placement. I thought once he got to contact, that's where things got a little little off. When he's playing in space and he's able to get that bunch and keep a little bit of space there, I think he's fine. That engagement, though, at the next level, we're going to have to see what the evaluation comes down with because it's passing league in the NFL, right? So like, yeah. do you discount it that much and overall – is, is it a concern for you going into this draft? Not necessarily a concern, but just probably, you know, teaching him how to finish. You know, uh, who's the uh, who's the center that the Chiefs just drafted? Uh, Creed Humphrey, Oklahoma. Creed Humphrey, Humphrey right? So when I, I remember watching Creed Humphrey, we seen those highlights and just how he was fin- finishing guys off. And I'd be like, man, like, that was a great finish. I mean, he just looked like a nasty, physical, aggressive guy. Like, for Neil, with how big he is, especially in the run game, I'm not seeing that aspect of it. So can you teach him to finish better? And again, maybe that would be something that pops up the more film I put on. But definitely right now, that wasn't something that seemed to be a big strength of his. But but like you said, it is a passing league. And I thought he did that well when it came to like stunts. 
guys doing different stunts and things like that. He passed stunts off well. He squeezed down and then come back, pick up the other guy, no issues. I thought the athleticism and footwork there was good. Um, his anchor was really good when taking on bull rushes. I, I thought those things were fine. But again, just moving in space, especially with the run. I think that's where uh, getting on guys, holding that block, finishing that block. I wanted to see more of the pancake blocks from the film I've seen so far. And I, I want to continue to say that because it's not like I've watched a ton of games yet, but those were things that kind of jumped out to me and I, I would like to see a little bit more. Yeah, I can understand that. I have similar notes as well. We're going to get into the next guy coming after this. That's going to be Kenyon Green. Can't wait to get into Kenyon Green, but first we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about on location and, you know, talked about the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are hot right now, right? And we'll see if Ryan wants to go down to L.A. where Super Bowl 56 is at SoFi Stadium. It's in less than 100 days away. And on location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime uh, opportunity to get some Super Bowl tickets, an experience package. You know, you can select the exact seats that you want to sit in. You know, you choose from elite experience featuring and, you know, an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Or visit on location exp.com slash SB56 for more information or, you know, search up Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash SB56 or Super Bowl on location. Um, and if you guys go, you might see Ryan there if the Kansas City Chiefs are there. Now, if you are traveling out there, what are you going to travel with? Stance, man. And Stance, is, it's a new, you know, clothing line. They have all this stuff. Not new, but they have all kind of really good stuff. I like to be comfortable right now. I have some joggers on. I have a nice, comfortable shirt. I mean, this is from Manscaped. This show is not sponsored by Manscaped, but yeah, nice, comfortable Manscaped. I like comfortable things. Sweaters, joggers, socks. And Stance has all those things. And not just has it. I mean... They have the perfect gifts because they have something for everyone, whether it's unicorn, you know, design socks. My daughter loves those type of things. Wu-Tang socks for your uncle that likes East Coast rap music. They have different styles for everything and everyone that you'll like. Great apparel. All right. Now, this was founded in 2009. Stance Apparel represents, uh, you know, a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. You know, with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings, a, you know, more of a, you know, atypical aesthetic alongside of some, you know, pop culture and the hottest collaborations for the ultimate in-style and self-expression clothing. You know, and because everything you wear, you should be a direct representation and extension of who you are, Stance helps with just that. So, again, I talked about having Wu-Tang stuff, but they got Batman. They got Major League Baseball stuff, NBA, Pixar. I mean, all type of stuff. And the best thing about it, man, it's soft, it's comfortable, and it feels amazing. So, you guys need to go right now. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That is those who feel good, do good. And I'm telling you right now, you know, you need to go see it for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off of your first purchase. Use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. All right. And you're going to want to enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. Now we're getting into some stances, man. And we're talking about some more of these office lines. The next one, we're going over to Texas A&M. And we have Kenyon Green. Now, Green 
was a guy initially when I was looking at things, it was saying tackle. And I cut on the film and I'm looking like, okay, I don't see number 55 at tackle. And I look at <laughs> the other tackle sign. I'm like, well, he's not over there. Is it left tackle, right tackle? Maybe he's hurt this game. And no, he wasn't hurt. He was at left guard, you know? So this is a guy who's six four, listed at six four, uh, you know, two uh, 325 pounds. He may not be as tall. So maybe he is a little bit more, uh, you know, suited to play the guard position. But this was a guy, I'm telling you, even that tackle, I'll talk about him at tackle first because that's what, you know, NFL prioritizes, especially right. somebody like him that potentially could be a terrific swing man in the NFL, if not a starter, or if you dropped him in the first round, you want him to come into play. But I thought that tackle, he looked good. You know, some of the first things that jumped out to me, really light with his feet. His pass set, really good. You know, stays on his run blocks well. That was something that I kind of had somewhat of an issue with Evan Neal. You know, his hands and speed, all that was good. thought the athleticism was pretty good. Now, I watched one pressure against Alabama, and they have some terrific uh, edge rushers. So there was a guy that kind of got him off balance a little bit and pushed him by. And Bama was a game where he played left tackle, and he played left tackle the whole game. And I thought he played extremely well, you know. Mm -hmm. But it was curious to see him at tackle and then also look at him at guard and him look at home there and look like, you know, a guy who anchors well from there. I thought he took on contact well. You know, I thought he did a little bit better job of driving guys back. You know, the athleticism of guys didn't look like it was too much for him. You know, I wonder if they're going to view him in the same light as a kid that was drafted by uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, Worfs? Worfs, Worfs, Tristan Worfs, right? Where Tristan Worfs was, it was like, is he going to be a tackle? Is he going to be a guard? You know, what is he going to be? And some people thought he was going to be more of a guard at the NFL level. Buccaneers said, ah, nah, we're going to draft him right here at pick 13. We think he's going to fit right in at right tackle and have no issues with them. Again, you know, Kenyon Green, he is a guy who played left tackle, right tackle, and guard as well. So he's extremely versatile. And I think he's going to, it's going to be on the team to see where they think he's best suited. What are some of your thoughts on him? You know, I agree with you about the feet. That's the number one thing for me. Like he has tackle feet, in my opinion. It's, yeah. I'm really keen to see how he measures out the length might be better suited to be in a guard. Yeah, we'll see that's, what and that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you know that there's some things you just can't fight. Sometimes genetics are just gonna get down to it, and if you don't have that arm, like sometimes it can be a problem. But he moves really well at the college level enough to recover. Can he do that at, at the pros? I'm not 100. percent I want to see how he tests. I want to see those measurements. He had a good season. Ten pressures is all he allowed all season long. And like you said about the the reps, what did he go? It was mostly at left tackle here. Got some guard time. I like him better at guard myself because of what you've mentioned, because there's a power aspect to it. And because inside his feet are even more deadly in terms of turning angles, turning guys inside the gaps. And I, I like what that brings as a piece within a five man unit, leaving him on an Island. I think he can survive except for the teams that have a pair of pass rushers where you can't get a let up. You, you don't get somebody that isn't an A plus. And that's where I would be concerned with him. How much are you going to have to help him? How much are you going to have to change your offense to chip, leave the tight end in? That's going to be the question, especially when you get to the wide nine, which on the couple of games that I saw of him, the, the wide nine was the tougher aspect for him. Not, again, with the feet, that was all good, but it was getting uh, the placement, keep your shoulders square, getting that 45-degree set. I'm not, I'm not certain about that. I got to see more film as well. Well, we're talking about where we think he might play, whether it's interior offensive line, where it's you know uh, tackle. And I did a quick little mock draft on using uh, the Draft Network's mock draft machine, 
And they actually have him going ahead of Evan Neal, which is, to me, that's kind of new because, you know, he's somebody that I thought was, you know, predicted to kind of go top 10 or even top five at that. And I think we just had did a mock and we were saying, oh, yeah, Jacksonville should take Neal at two because he's the best tackle in the, you know, college football coming out. And that might not be the case. But again, mock draft machine used that. And they actually have Kenyon Green going one pick ahead of Evan Neal. They have Green going 14 to the Raiders. And again, this is where the mock draft lays right now as of uh, December 14th, right now as we're recording this. But they have Green going at pick 14 and Neal going at pick 15. So Mm. to me, if I just had to say who looks like just the better football player. Now, now again, the upside and the ability of Neil, that might be more intriguing to people as this whole draft prospect uh, plays out. But right now, I think they kind of have it right with who I think would be better at the position that suited for him. Now it's just a matter of, is he going to be an inside guy or an outside guy? And looking at where the draft machine has him, he, he's more of an interior guy. So we'll, that'd be something that we'll have to continue to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And there will be teams that can use them both ways. So, you know, it is going to depend on who are you joining along that offensive unit. Um, We'll see if that drives him up a little bit. I don't know that a guard's going to get preferential treatment over what is considered a classic tackle when it comes to the actual draft order. But we're only starting our evaluations, folks. So we're going to get a little bit further down the line and hopefully all the teams uh, are already there. Knock on wood. if They know where they're going we're going to get into i think the guy that's most intriguing of this trio myself and charles cross on the back side of this all right first before we get into charles cross we want to talk to you guys a little bit about built bar all right and you guys already know it's the holiday season all right so during this holiday season grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar you know a built bar it's filled with so much holiday goodness rich and decent flavor covered in chocolate but Amazing low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. But high in all the right things, and that's protein. So, essentially, you kind of get the best of both worlds. You know, there's so many flavors that you'll have to try, and you're going to have a hard time choosing between some of these. You know, will it be raspberry or mint brownie? Will it be cherry or double chocolate? Will it be cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? So many flavors that Built Bar has for you. You know, and, I mean, they're going to give you extra fuel. You know, you talk about right now, it's the holiday season. As I said, you know, it's December 14th as we're recording this podcast. We're 11 days away from Christmas. I know everybody's getting their last minute shopping in. And as you're doing your shopping, you don't want to go out there and and get off of the routine that you've been in and eating. You know, you don't want to go eat the corn dogs in there or the, the pretzels at the different little, uh, you know, stores inside the mall or pizza. No, reach in your purse, reach in your, reach in your pocket and grab you a built Bar that you took with you because you know that's the healthiest and best thing for you right now. And they have all kinds of new flavors that continue to come out, all right? So if you want to find out more about what they have going on and all their flavors and pick for yourself, I mean, just go to built.com and you'll see right now they have a new, you know, fluffy and marshmallowy through and through candy bar that's going to be really good for you. But you're going to go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. I definitely will be going to get some. <laughs> I got to try the new marshmallow flavor. 
Okay, you let me know how that goes. I'm I'm not too into that, but you know what? I I'd almost read these more than anything else. Although, if I do make it to LA, I'll be going to Roy Choi's place. I'll tell you that. Yeah. All right, but um, we didn't talk about Charles Cross because out of the three guys I watched today, definitely the most interesting because I I thought he was, I thought he was the better of the two tackles in the games that I I watch. Now again. You got to take it, I don't want to say with a grain of salt right now, but this is just my evaluation based on a few games. But I'm with you. Right away with him, I said, man, this is a big wall. Big wall, especially in the run game. I mean, in the passing game. He was somebody that was hard to get around. Now, his pass set was somewhat intriguing, and I couldn't tell. I was like, man, does he have kind of bad feet? Uh, you know, it's not like his kick step is is great, and then he's punching it was almost like he was slow playing it, right? And I kind of look at it like receivers. Uh, some years ago, back when I was in the NFL, I would do workouts with like um, Stevie Johnson, right? Mm. And Stevie Johnson, he countered everything I did. So it was one of the more frustrating times for me ever, like during workouts, where if I was aggressive, he would go right now. If I was patient, he would counter with something else. If I pull one hand away, he would catch with one hand. Well, while watching Charles Cross, he was really patient it was almost like a kind of like a basketball player where he's like, all right, where are you going to go? And he would make guys have to run that hoop around them every time. Now, if they tried to ball rush him, I was worried a little bit with his kind of strength because he was another guy almost like Neil where I didn't see him really aggressive with guys, pushing guys back. I didn't see him knocking guys back uh, really at all. I didn't see him knocking anybody really back. So I'm thinking like, man, is he not strong enough? But when guys ball rushed him, I thought he his anchor, terrific. Held his ground very well. Kept his quarterback clean. And then I put on another film. I went and watched him at, against LSU. And I was like, okay, let me see how Cross handles, like, real athleticism. He mm -hmm. handled terrific. And I thought the pass rushers from LSU, they gave him a little bit of everything. They were giving him spin moves, power moves, you know, one-hand stabs, uh, bull rushes, and everything that they gave, gave him, he looked comfortable. Hands was really good. Hand placement was good. You know, when they would try to knock his hands down, he would replace extremely well. There was a lot of good things that I saw from him, you know, consistently. And in the run game, I thought he was uh, fine as well. I, I think between him and Neil, I would like to see just a little more nastiness, you know. And I don't know if maybe there's just not those type of offensive linemen coming in. As I was growing up, the offensive line, they were nasty. They were dirty, you know. I didn't quite see that from these two guys, but – just from a consistency standpoint, I thought Charles Cross was the better one out of Mississippi State, just from what I've seen. Now, again, 6'5", 310, maybe that's why he moved as well as he did. He's not quite as big as Neil, and I don't know. Is there a such thing with Lyman as too big? Maybe that's the, kind of what uh, Neil is going through a little bit, but Charles Cross seemed to have the, not, the right weight, the right ability, the right athleticism, and the right counter to a lot of guys' moves. I, I'm glad that you saw consistency because the one film that I've seen, I, I thought it was kind of up and down. I thought there were times uh. where his feet looked absolutely incredible. And there were times where, like you said, and maybe that's what it was, is playing possum a little bit, you know, right. just kind of holding still. But um, the one that I saw, it was Trey Williams from Arkansas, got one of the two sacks that he gave up on the season. And I thought the, mm. the length would there, was there. It was pretty good battle in terms of that portion of it but i agree with you the sink that he has in order to establish that anchor when he does get bold i like that you may be onto something about too big and be able to get your center of gravity down in order to absorb some of the momentum without having to give up all kinds of ground 
Bend is always something. I didn't see a lot of it in that game. That's one right. thing that I'll be looking for when I see more film on him. The, the speed aspect was the thing I was most intrigued with because I didn't think he moved his feet extremely well. And maybe that's something what you were seeing. So when I did see him face, and I made a note of it, I said, uh, will speed be an issue? <laughs> you know, that was one thing that I was really looking for. And then I watched LSU and my next note says, handles athleticism very well, LSU. <laughs> so, Check. you know, I watched, yeah, I, I checked that off. But again, the, uh, we're talking about two two game sample size here. These are all three of these guys. I will continue to watch. Ryan will continue to watch. And we'll also get into more prospects. But I'm I'm definitely interested to see how everybody else starts to feel about some of these prospects as they march on. And uh yeah, it was it was fun watching it though. I mean, this is the 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 not the first time I've really dug in the film, but you know, we we've, we've been watching games and Ryan and I just for a disclaimer, we typically get into college football later in the process. So it was new to us watching football throughout this time to talk about things on the show. And maybe some people could tell, like, uh, do they watch a lot of college football? We've we watch we've watched college football to talk about prospects, but typically later where we start to do our evaluations. But now we're starting to dig into that. And this is a fun time of the year. We study football. That's what we do. We don't yeah. watch live. Live college football is only my alma mater is pretty much in years past. And that's the difference is being able to make those snap evaluations rather than having the all 22 to look at, to see what kind of depth you get in the drops and that kind of thing. Uh, vertical sets in particular, I'm always looking for. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Full disclaimer there. This is an ongoing process. The cool part is we're at point A right now. You guys are going to see us go through BCDEF and wherever we end up in terms of evaluating these players. And we'll get into everything that we see as we go along. So thanks for the patience and Croc. Thanks for making sure that I get my head on straight. <laughs> All right. And we want to thank you guys for making this your first listen, but uh, we'll come back tomorrow. We'll have some good stuff to talk about in the college football landscape. Spencer Rattler. He is uh, obviously no longer at Oklahoma. But he is going to a new school. We'll get into a little bit of that. Got uh, Bo Nix. Sounds like he's getting close. And we got a national. Uh, we got the national uh, kids signing their letter of intent. So we'll see where some of these kids are going and how that shapes up for certain guys that we just talked about. Bo Nix, Keaton Slovis, and some of those guys. But till next time, I'm Eric Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Also Ryan Tracy, Ryan Tracy NFL on Twitter. Make sure you guys give us a follow. Like, subscribe to this video, listen to the podcast, leave a review, even if it's, you know, just constructive criticism. We appreciate all that, and we appreciate you. So that's going to do it for today's episode. We're out, man. Peace.